Michael Phelps racing a shark. Don't even get me started with Shark Week. Oh, I'm, I'm totally getting you started. I think on Shark it. Week is the most overrated. This is a shark in the blah, 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 blah. You're listening to the New Jersey Guys podcast, talking all things sports by the fans for the fans. And now your starting lineup Chris Swenderman and Dan Tantillo. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the New Jersey Guys Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Swenderman, along with my partner, Dan Tantillo. You can find us on Twitter at the New Jersey Guys. Tweet us, let us know what you want to hear. Danny, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Um, this is going to perfectly segue into our first topic. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Mets for a quick second, just because if you were a Met fan a week ago, this is what you woke up to on Wednesday. You woke up to oh, Yankee boy. fans being ecstatic yep. over an acquisition, who we're going to talk about in just a second. On the flip side, what was in the headline for Met fans was Chris Christie getting booed for catching a foul ball. Now, if that doesn't summarize <laughs> a Met fan in 2017, I don't know what else does. And he gave it to a kid, and he still got booed. And nobody, nobody talked about that no, at all. At all, that he gave it to a kid. He literally, and the kid came over and asked him to sign it. He signed it for him and everything. Nobody cared. All they cared about was, and you know what? It was a good catch. I got to give CC some props. Yeah, he leaned out. He had the lean. He caught it barehanded. Gave it to a kid. Did everything right and got kept booed. his balance. Yeah, got booed. Yeah. So that, that's, that's just what the Mets 2017 season is. It's headline after headline of just useless garbage. <laughs> Including Jay Bruce, your outfielder, who said, yeah, you know what? If I'm the Mets, I would trade me. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And to think that this is a team that started 12 to 1 odds to win oh. the World Series. You know what those odds are now? Um, not 12 to 1. No, it's 100 to 1. Which uh, is generous I, considering they're 13 and a half games yeah. back of the division. But that's enough for the Mets. Again, this is just a middle finger for the entire season. It's a, it's brutal that for Mets, a Mets fan. Mr. Met flipping me off is just the image that I have in my head of, hey, you're watching the game? Nope, here's here's Actually, a middle finger right at you. Mr. Met flipping Chris Christie off right now. Yeah. That's that's your that's your image. That's your two big stories of the year right there. But let's uh let's get past that because yeah. it's miserable. Um Well, the the MLB trading deadline is coming up. There's a lot of deals going uh back and forth and Danny just, you know, alluded to a big one for the Yankees. Uh Todd Frazier, great third baseman for the White Sox and prior to that Cincinnati Reds uh coming to the Yankees along with David Robinson and uh Tommy uh Canely. I always say his name wrong. But uh all three of them coming in a deal to the Yankees. Um I mean, how perfect can that be for, let's back up a little bit. Todd yeah. Frazier grew up in Tom's River. Oh, yeah. I was going to get to that part. And he Jersey won, boy. Yeah, won the Little League World Series back in the day. Yes, he did. And stood on Yankee Stadium field with who? DJ. The one, the only. The captain. He stood alongside him as a 13 or 12-year-old. And, you know, they brought them out to, you know, um, honor them for winning the Little League World Series. Yeah. And he literally gets to stand next to Derek Jeter during the national anthem. It's crazy because our own Jeff Dominski was telling me a story of how he remembers vividly watching that 1998 Little League World Series team. And yep. Frazier made this play, apparently, where the ball was hit along the third base line. And I guess the third baseman, I think Todd Frazier was pitching at this time. The third right. baseman went to go reach for it. And Frazier runs over, pulls his hand away, and the ball just goes foul. Yeah. 
so the kid had this you knew i guess from watching when he was younger that the kid had real talent and that he was something that is going to be not only a phenomenon as a youngster right. but you could tell he was going to bring that into the major league so he led off the 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 game when the the game that they won yeah. the whole thing yeah. he led off with a home run Wow, it's crazy, and now things are coming back around, and he's finally playing for the team he's always wanted to. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it was a great. Uh, there's a great article. A uh, good friend of mine, and um, also a coworker of ours, uh, Kevin Williams, sports director for uh, New Jersey Town Square Media, um, does an article on uh, home home. It's called Hometown View. Yeah, and he did an article. Uh, Todd Frazier and the Yankees perfect together for Tom's River. I mean. Tom's River is probably going nuts trying to get their hands on enough Todd Frazier jerseys right now. Oh, number twenty nine. Sure. You know, he wore twenty one. I was just about to ask you yeah, about that. He wore twenty one with um the Reds and the White Sox. Mm-hmm. He's now wearing twenty nine. What do you think of that? I actually like you know what? I'm cool with it. He was always a fan of Paul O'Neill, the last player to really wear legitimately wear 21 uh, a couple of relief pitchers tried wearing 21 after that and got booed so they changed numbers um he was a big fan of Paul O'Neill he said when he got back or when they got off the road trip he was going to talk to Paul O'Neill but somehow in between decided you know what I'm gonna let 21 rest I'm gonna wear 29 that's interesting to me because there's only so many numbers left for the Yankees and do we do we really think Paul O'Neill is gonna be retired? For the Yankees? Do you think he deserves it? I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. Um, but then that's not just gonna, an original Yankee, yeah. but meant so much to so many great teams over the years. Yeah. And became such a Yankee icon. And I don't use that term loosely, but became such a figurehead of what it meant to be a Yankee during those times, during those championship years, that I wouldn't totally hate it if they retired 21 okay i I would i mean i know everybody says oh they've been going overboard with retiring the numbers you got bernie you got jorge you got andy pettit you got you know i mean jeter you had to do of course but jeter mariano and and tori i think are the ones that you had to do right but if you're doing the rest of these ceremonies i i wouldn't be upset with them doing it to 21 paul o'neill was a warrior yeah and a guy like that, I think, deserves to have some more recognition. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. No, not even. I don't not think even it's going to be discussed. No, yeah. no, no. But you know what? He should have his number preserved in the place where he made a great name for himself. Yeah. And ironically, also played for the Cincinnati Reds before he came to the Yankees. Oh, see, that so I him didn't and know. so him and Todd, so him and the Todd father got a lot in common. So you were ecstatic after this deal. Oh, I was doing cartwheels. I was going nuts. That night, I wanted it to be official that night so bad. And, you know, I work early morning hours um, here at the station, but I wanted to wait up so bad to find out that he was definitely coming. Because there was all rumors. Frazier was out of the game for the White Sox. Um, Robertson didn't come in to pitch at all. And they kept saying, rumors are floating around, rumors are floating around. I wanted to know before he went to bed, yeah. that he is a Yankee. I mean, I think it's one of the great the great acquisitions they've done in a long time, and I think it kept you know a player of his ability from going to like Boston sure. or uh, what's another team that could use a player right now? Oh, the Mets. <laughs> the Mets don't do anything during the trade deadline. You should know that Fair by point. now. They just worry about which governor is catching a foul ball at the, at the ball game. Fair point, and then making jokes about it, mocking him, no less. It's, anyway. 
But what I don't, we talked about this off air. What I don't know if this is the biggest deal that I was most excited about any of my teams ever acquiring. Okay. I mean, getting the Todd father and bringing him back to Jersey is a great move. And I love it on so many levels, Sure, but definitely not the most excited I've ever been about one of my teams trading for a player. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to get into more. And it could be both a free agent signing or a transaction, right. but in recent years, or even of all time for you, you're a little bit older than myself. What would you say was your most exciting? Mark Messier. Not even a close. Not even a close second. That was your... Absolutely. Yeah. The day he came to Broadway for the Rangers and put on a Rangers jersey, I was almost in tears. Yeah. And I was actually in tears the day he left. He signed with Vancouver Canucks. I remember vividly getting the newspaper that day, looking on the back cover, and they had a picture of Messier walking off the ice into the locker room as a ranger and the headline and him leaving and signing with Vancouver pained me, pained me. Like I've never felt like watching an athlete leave a team. Mark Messier was the heart and soul of that team. He was one of my favorites before he became a ranger. Yeah. When he became a ranger, it was like, he just went to icons. He's called the Messiah for a reason. Yeah. So that's interesting that both, him arriving to the Rangers and him leaving are both your biggest and worst, mo- and sports worst moment. moment of all time. That's so interesting. So yeah. like for me, I remember when I was very young, so I must have been, this happened in 97, and so I must have been six or seven. I remember my dad, I was playing baseball outside just with a couple of friends, and I remember my dad coming over and saying, hey, the Mets got Mike Piazza. And I was like, okay, whatever. But he very had good so, one. But he had so much excitement about it that it couldn't, I couldn't help but get excited, and he wound up being my favorite baseball player of all time. Easily. So even at that young age, I got the excitement. Right. But it wasn't the same, I guess. I, I was excited when the Mets traded for Cespedes, uh, when that initially yeah, happened. Yeah, but that was, but but that that was like, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. And that then, wears off. Yeah, so, I mean, as an, an acquisition, I can't really think of something that stood so far out. For me, as a sports right. fan, being a Mets Cowboys fan, I can't think of it. But one thing for sure is I was absolutely heartbroken when the Cowboys let Demarcus Ware go, the way that they did. That the was, way that that was handled. Just yeah. the fact that they didn't, the Broncos didn't give him that much more money than he was asking to stay. No, and he was a guy that was drafted, homegrown, right. part of that team. He was the Jason Witten of the defense. Oh, absolutely. And I was heartbroken over that. I remember I, being so angry and just wanting to talk to everybody about it. You know what? Another move that really irked my nerves hmm. for the Cowboys when Emmett went to Arizona. Yeah, I was like, Emmett never should be wearing yeah. another jersey ever. It was weird seeing. I remember watching him break, like break. Well, the, he still broke the record as a Cowboy. Yeah, and then what? The next year he was right. He was gone. Yeah, and after that he went to Arizona. And I'm like, no, yeah, no, 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 it no, was no. Very weird. I'm like, he should never be wearing another team's jersey ever. Yeah. And same thing happened, although this trade actually made my team a lot better. One of the one of the worst ones when I heard he was dealt, other than Messier, was Paul Pierce being dealt from the Celtics. Mm. Although that trade led to a whole different but at world, the time, but, you were... but at the time, it was it was really rough to take that to watch him a full you know a lifelong Celtic all of a sudden being traded to Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, that's ugh, bizarre. Really? And speaking of trades, um, that's going to segue right into our next topic, which Look at is you basically with the segue. I know I'm getting there, man. 
Um, that's going to take us right to the current state of the NBA, which I which don't we can't really figure know out for what's going. <laughs> what the hell's going on in the NBA, man? Um, this basically comes down to Kyrie Irving, current Cleveland Cavalier, wants his way out of Cleveland. And wants his way out, like, now. Yeah. Apparently, unbeknownst to LeBron, who okay. was his teammate, um, apparently LeBron was enjoying his vacation and all of a sudden gets word, hey, by the way, you're, you're uh, the best player on your team, other than you, wants out because of you. Yeah. How Imagine do you even, that. How do you even react? And is say that a deal doesn't get done. Right. How does that dynamic break down if he's returning to that team next season yeah that's gonna be awkward it's just the NBA doesn't make any sense to me right now and there's a reason I think that I've been so far away from the NBA and it's because of stuff like this because you're either having the super teams where you're just which I've already said I love I know you do but at the same time but now Kyrie Irving wants to be on a team of his own but can you blame him can you blame him though I can't, but that's, he's literally going against the whole opposite grain of what everybody is doing in the NBA. Yeah. I, but I don't understand why. Like, does he think he's so great that he's being overshadowed by LeBron, who's probably the best ever? It, it might be some kind of an ego thing, but if I was on that team, I wouldn't want to leave because you're the next best team to Golden State, I think. Absolutely. So why would you, I, I guess he wants to create his own legacy. And go somewhere and have a team built around him and see if he's able to bring it to that level. Right. But I think in the NBA right now... You can't do that. You can't do that. Either that or you're in for a really long haul. Yeah, it's going to take some you time. You better be in for a really long haul and have a lot of patience. Yeah. Because, I mean, even Carmelo. Carmelo wants to be dealt from the Knicks. They're starting to rebuild with Porzingis and, you know... Um, and all he wants to do is get traded to Houston, where it's James Harden, Chris Paul. Yeah, so it seems like everybody is trying to make these super teams, including LeBron. Yeah. And the best player other than LeBron on his team wants out because he wants to make his own he wants to make his own name for himself, not be under LeBron. And I don't think I, I don't even realize like really agree with the logic. Behind Kyrie, Kyrie Irving saying, I want to, he's a well known superstar on his own. Yeah, I think it has to be some kind of an ego thing, or he thinks, he legitimately thinks that there is a future with him on a different team where he can completely build it himself. But I, I don't think that that's something that can be done for quite some time. But is Kyrie Irving being the center of a, the center of a team going to draw any of these free agents to go, hey, I'm going to go there? I'm gonna go with Kyrie. It takes some serious pull, and I think you need to have, you need to have more of a name in order to have that pull. Right. I think when you have Steph Curry and LeBron James trying to do it, that's a different right. story because well, those guys are arguably the two best in the game. Or if I'm a free agent, where am, where do I want to go? If it's LeBron and Kyrie, yeah, those two, yeah, I want to go there. If it's Kyrie, I'm like, oh, mm, hey, yeah. mm, I don't know about that, but I. I don't understand the mentality because he's literally going against the grain of everything the NBA is doing lately. I mean, all these other teams are trying to just get enough guys to try to take down in the West, you know, Golden State and Steph Curry and company. And in the East, Boston and other teams are trying to match what LeBron's doing, but now LeBron's almost being undermined by his own team. 
Yeah, it's a really strange situation. It's and very, it's, very odd. It's something that I don't even know how it's going to play out until it actually plays out. But the NBA, I they're say they're everything I've been reading about the Irving situation is they're trying to move him sooner than later and get the best deal possible. Yeah, and and even with that, I don't think that Cleveland's going to slow down the the way that they've been doing things already. I still think no. that they're going to keep trying to get as many superstars on that team as possible because right now I don't see anybody taking down a Golden State. No. Especially if especially if he leaves. I if don't he care leaves, who, Cleveland's care. not even the best in the East anymore. Right. If he leaves then it just says, "Hey, Golden State, you want to win again? We'll hand it to you." Right. And I don't know if that's something that's good for the NBA. And you know, there was a there was a list of teams um that Kyrie gave um management that he would want to be traded to. Yeah. Um, something be Miami, New York. Um, you know, Phoenix was another one. Like New no, York, if he went to New York, it's still not his team. Unless they, unless they dealt Carmelo. Yeah. Before. They would have to, it would, they would have to deal Carmelo. And then, and then he's teaming up with what him and Porzingis. I mean, Miami. It's it, tough, man. It's, I don't think it, it benefits him in any way. And I don't think that, it, again, it's going to take some time in order to build a team with superstars. And I don't know if Kyrie's the guy that a bunch of other players can get behind. Yeah, no, I, you know, and a lot of these teams, Kyrie Irving is where he's at today because LeBron left Cleveland and they were so bad. They got a first, they got one of the top picks in the draft. Right. Kyrie Irving. Right. Well, Kyrie Irving is going to have to deal with that now on another team and hope they're so bad that they get a top draft pick and get and get some good young talent to put around them to entice other free agents. This is going to be a long yeah, haul. And, and I he really hope he realizes what he's doing. Yeah, and he needs to also realize that money's also going to be an issue here. You're, if you're getting traded to a team, you have to make sure that it's a team that has the cap room, right. that has space to lure these other players in, or else it's just going to fail. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know what what he's doing. I mean, so many of these you know superpower teams are are putting themselves together to make runs, and here's Kyrie Irving going, "No, it's I want it to be about me. I want to be the centerpiece." Me, 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 me. You do that pretty well. Me, 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 me. Now, now it's more great. of a that now, was more of a beaker from. Uh, I was just the about Muppets. to say, yeah. <laughs> now, now we went from sports to Beaker and the Muppets. Fantastic. Okay, the fact that we're talking about Beaker and the Muppets, I think we need to take a break. We do. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to reset. We're going to come back at the opposite end of this and uh, talk more. We'll talk a little bit of golf and we'll talk about uh, sharks swimming with Michael Phelps. All as uh, Jersey guys, tweet us at New Jersey guys. And we'll be right back. Unbelievable. Learn, laugh, stay informed. Podcasts from New Jersey 101.5. The Jim Gerhardt Podcast. He's talking Jersey again. I hope to continue this. Forever 39. Gen Xers living in the Great Garden State. That's an amazing experience. That's really, really cool. Available now from the New Jersey 101.5 app, iTunes, and Google Play. And we're back here on the New Jersey Guys Podcast. Chris Wenneman, Dan Tantillo, talking all things sports. Uh, something that happened yesterday. Yesterday, which was pretty impressive in all means, is Jordan Spieth coming back to win the Open, which was, I guess, formerly known as the British Open. Now it's just the Open. Now it's the Open Championship. Ooh. Alrighty then. It's confusing if you don't, if you're well, not but, a golf fan. Yeah, that's true. But that just brings up so many questions for me because I think golf is one of, if not the most challenging sports 
in the world. It's a maddening sport. It's frustrating as hell if you're a player, but it's so riveting and and you know amazing if you're able to be successful at it. And by watching a guy like Jordan Spieth do what he did to come back and shoot four under in the last couple of holes to come all the way back and win, as somebody who golfs myself, I couldn't help but be overly impressed at the shots that this kid was making. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even legendary uh, great golf great uh, Jack Nicholas tweeted out, great display of guts, determination, and skill. That says a lot coming from Jack Nicholas. For Nichols. sure. Now, that brings up a couple of questions for me. Um, one is, is Jordan Spieth, is he the face that can bring golf back into... I, I, I It's not really the mainstream, because I do think, like I've said before, it's always going to be the core four right. sports on top. But is somebody like Jordan Spieth enough to bring the average fan back into the game more and be more enthusiastic about watching golf? I don't think he matches Tiger. I don't. I think he does bring some excitement, and I think he's got a championship uh, caliber to him, and I think he's going to be one of the greats. But do I think he will bring the excitement that Tiger brought. Tiger brought excitement to a game where kids were going out and say, not, I want to be Jordan. I want to be Shaq. You know, I want to be Ken Griffey Jr. I want to be Tiger Woods. I want to go out and learn golf. Yeah. Never, golf, the group of golf pro golfers, nobody had any idea of what to do because of all this notoriety that was bring, being brought to the sport all of a sudden. Do I think he's got that type of personality? No. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it's interesting that you bring up Tiger because that was somebody when I was younger that right. everybody was talking about. And it's shown and now. And with good reason. Yeah, of course. And it's shown now because there you'd be surprised how many people, I'm 26, right. how many people my age or younger golf. Right. That's all, all my friends golf. I golf. My brothers golf. It's something that we, I guess now that we're not playing high school sports right. or college sports, that's what we do. And we're competitive and we have fun. And I don't think that you could be a fan of professional golf without having, without being a golfer yourself or without having an understanding of how the game works. Yeah. Because if, if, if you don't true. play at all and you're just a normal person and you're watching golf, you're nothing. It's boring. The announcers are talking like this as Jordan Spieth opposed to the 13th hole. He's got a nine iron here. Try to stay awake with us. Yeah, but like I get that, and I get why right. that's boring for some people. But if you have an appreciate and you play the sport, and I'm shooting, you know, 90s on a good day, and you're right. seeing these kids shooting under 70, it's remarkable. Oh, absolutely. But it it definitely takes a certain type of sports fan, and definitely a golfer. I think, as you said, to really appreciate watching the game. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's a lot of people non-golf fans sitting down to watch what happens at Augusta every year. No. I just don't. No. Um, and the only reason I think that it's even on television sets around that time is because it's normally Easter. And normally the true. last day is, you know, you have your family right. over and golf is on. So you got the couple right. of people that are, are tuning in just to see the end of it. But not too many people give a damn about golf. And it's yeah. I think it's unfortunate because I do think it is one of the toughest sports in the world. And, I mean, you do have some great other young golfers. You know, you have the Rory McIlroy's. Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. A lot of these guys are really good and really talented golfers. But are they any any of them so charismatic 
that you're going to be like Tiger. Who I'm going to I'm going to follow McElroy or I'm going to follow Spieth or I'm going to follow Fowl. They're not. They're not Tiger. Tiger was one in a million athlete that played a sport that nobody, nobody was really like growing up to say I want to be a guy or I want to learn I want to take up golf at 12 and 13 years old. Yeah. But when Tiger played, you did. Kids were at seven, eight, nine years old were saying. Daddy, I want golf clubs. Yeah, I want to play golf. I took my first golf lesson when I was nine, I want to say. Right. And that was a huge part of the reason why. Yeah. And I think that you need that kind of a personality. And I do agree with you that I don't think that there is somebody with that kind of personality in the game right now. No. But I think that the way that these athletes are is they're handling it like professionals. And you don't have any of the wild cards that you do in the other sport. True. But I do think that the sport needs something like that. You need the overly cocky, the the characters, somebody like I guess Ricky, he shows it with his outfits. True. But yeah. he doesn't have like the personality, I don't think, to right. match the outfits that he's wearing. You see the guy wearing all orange, but he's not necessarily gloating, bragging in your face. You need Connor McGregor to take up golf. Right. That's what exactly what you need because people are all excited over that fight because of the two characters that are in it. Because all they're doing is talking trash. And it's amazing. But you, I think you need some of that in golf in order to get more people involved. And I think that the sport dies down in that way when you have you know major media outlets right. talking about National Emoji Day on Sports True. Center yeah, instead that's of talking. A... You know, the off season yeah. is just so frustrating. If you know what, too many people talked about. For sporting event from over the weekend? Yeah. Michael Phelps racing a shark. Don't even get me started with Shark Week. Oh, I'm I'm totally getting you started. I think on this. Shark Week is the most overrated piece of pop culture in the United States of America today. More than emoji day? More than emoji day. Shark Week is you know what Shark Week is? Uh-oh. It's the same thing every single year. And it's the same footage being shown. This is a shark in the blah, 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 blah. And all they do is have one stupid gimmick every year that keeps people wanting to go back into it. And this as, year. As this year is, yeah. Michael Phelps racing a shark. Oh, Michael Phelps lost to a shark? No. You know what? I almost dropped our first. By two seconds. I almost dropped our first curse word oh. every year because I think that Shark Week is so, so stupid. Good restraint, though, my friend. I know. It's it's frustrating. And, and the fact that. Everybody's all worked up about this. You guys need to really reevaluate stuff. I I just think the fact that they saw Michael Phelps is going to race a shark. Michael Phelps is going to race. No, he didn't race a shark. He raced a shark that they timed on video, and he tried to beat it on his own in his own pool. He wasn't swimming, and the next lane over was like Mr. Shark. It's so stupid. And the fact that people are actually like, oh, he has a chance. Are you kidding? It's a freaking shark. And he lost by two seconds. I mean, I don't idiots, even know what man. to say. You know, we were talking about all the bad sports. The fake sports. The fake sports, Leslie. Yeah. I'm, almost, I'm almost about ready to throw swimming in with it, too. I mean, <laughs> you just made an Olympic winner, a fantastic and talented Olympic winner, look like a damn fool yesterday. I think it's it's both foolish on him to even agree to do this. Why, yeah, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. I think the whole thing is stupid and short. Like, like, there have been football players who have raced horses. Yeah. And, you know, things Usain of that Bolt nature. raced some yeah, kind of a yeah, something. Like, I forget what he did. But this was so, like, just, it was a joke. It was a joke. Like, I'm trying to find a worse word than a joke that, that could be clean. Yeah, But it was none. an absolute joke. Yeah. And I really, 
I think he kind of, I I think he kind of messed with his his label a little bit there. Like I think he messed with his mark. Like if I was his marketer. I would have been slapping myself in the forehead going, what did we just do? Well, and it's a shame that this thing is going to get a ton of viewers and it's actually going to wind up being talked about and being some kind of a spectacle when really it's absolutely nothing and Shark Week is stupid and it's the same thing every year and if you really get that excited over watching the same thing year after year, then find a new hobby. Shark Week, woo-ha-ha. It's so stupid. All right. So stupid. On but, that note, Dan, my, my partner's all upset and he's all flustered. I am, but we do want to reveal something to you. The last episode of yes, the podcast, we, we came up with the idea of creating Jersey's core four athletes. Now, Chris and I disagreed on three of them for hockey, baseball, and football, and we asked you guys to vote for which ones should make it, and the results are in. So, Danny, drum roll, please. <laughs> There's definitely that, a drum roll sound effect in here. If and, I need, and you and, and you did that of all things. Ay ay ay! All right. So in hockey, yeah, I picked Bobby Ryan. You picked James Van Riemsdyk. Yes, Bobby Ryan with fifty percent of the vote. Wow. Yep. Uh, Jim Dowd coming in. Say, so you didn't even get a second place vote. I just put Jim Dowd up there because he's from Brick, New Jersey. Yeah, and because he won his, um, he won Stanley Cup with the Devils. Jim Dowd, 37%. James Van Riemsdyk, 13%. Ooh, not looking good for Danny over no. here. All right, in our baseball. Yeah. In our baseball pick, you said, I went old school. You went old school. You went Yogi Berra. Yep. I went new school. I went Mike Trout. How'd that go? 80% said Yogi Berra. Ooh. Yeah. So that wasn't Danny. even close. All right, and then on football. Yeah. We uh, disagreed vehemently on this. You went with uh, the old Penn State alum, the Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, Hall of Famer, yeah, Franco, Franco Harris. Harris. Yep, eighty-six percent. Wow. To my Drew Pearson. Wow. And like I, I was going back and forth of which one to choose, and I didn't think, I think that all, it would have been that. I think the Pittsburgh Steeler fans got got in on that. You somehow. had to had to. So the final Steeler nation. Yeah, and Shaq, we both agreed, and that wasn't right. even close. So the core four Jersey athletes: Shaquille O'Neal. Bobby Ryan, Yogi Berra, and Franco Harris. Again, thank you guys for everybody who Every, tweeted right. and voted. And um, we'll be sharing this again on Twitter at New Jersey Guys. And uh, be sure to check all that out. And let us know, tweet at us, and let us know what you uh, want to hear in future podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Chris Swenderman, Dan Tantillo, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Later. <laughs>